0: Hi there, my name is Will Mavity, and I'm here today to speak with some of the team behind Apple TV Plus's Five Days at Memorial. I have with me VFX supervisors Matt Wellen and Eric Durst, as well as showrunner Carlton Cuse. Obviously, this show is just a mind-blowing showcase for VFX, even in an era where we see pretty amazing work on TV shows in the regular this still stands out, it's very, very impressive. So um, I would love to know for a show like this from the ground up that was going to be very VFX heavy, especially in its first half, um, what were some of the first conversations you and the VFX team had with Carlton? I assume that you had to be very involved even before cameras were rolling on this, knowing what was going to be shot practically, knowing what was going to be done in post. So tell me a little bit about those early conversations in the show.
1: I think, I think the first conversation was, please guys, don't quit. We're going to figure this out. We'll make this, <laughs> we'll make it through this. We'll, we will come up with solutions. Um, you know, we had some enormous challenges in this. I mean, frankly, you know, how do we depict a city that's 80% underwater um, and, and really put the audience in a place where they believe that and, I think it's one thing to make sensational visual effects. You know, you're doing Star Wars and you're creating planets and worlds and environments and that's really cool and it's great. But I think um, it's it, it may even be harder to try to create a world that, you know, requires almost as much invention, but also has to hit the exacting standard of feeling authentic to an audience where an audience isn't seeing it as... Fake, where the audience is really buying what it is that we're, we're showing the audience. And so we had, you know, we also didn't have access to these, this hospital um, where these events took place. We didn't obviously have uh, a city that was 80% underwater in some places, eight or 10 feet deep. We had to figure out how to do all these things. And um, it was a real testament to uh, our team and and Eric and Matt in particular that you know we were able to come up with solutions and a plan and and a way to actually put the audience in that experience.
2: I think one of the one of the things that helped us and also was a challenge was there was so much documentation, so much photography of this event that everyone had a visceral sense of what it looked like. and also that helped us because it showed us what we needed to do. But that was, uh, it was all in different formats and things like that. But we did an enormous amount of research. Uh, Carlton and all the the team uh, who found this remarkable footage really helped us. And also using Google Earth, which was amazing because you can go back in time and you can see it pretty much the day before and the day after and see where the expanse of the water went.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, we had... um... We, we also had the real benefit of, of Matt doing a lot of previs for us. And mm-hmm. that was really enormously helpful because it really narrowed down what it is we had to shoot. And so we spent a tremendous amount of time um, once we, you know, just kind of conceptualizing our sequences and really figuring out what um, John and I needed to direct in this, you know, kind of water flooded environment on this helipad uh, you know the and and it was really that that really was incredibly helpful in terms of sort of narrowing in on what our our job was and and what we had to make look real
0: so matt did all the previs himself for you guys you didn't have a outside vendor doing a lot of the pre-viz for you
3: yeah that's right we um we unreal engine 4 was kind of coming into its own and i was tinkering around with it at the time and it was pretty crude i think but um you know uh carlton and john are both incredibly austere filmmakers and and wanted to show this in in a way that i think you know we the the lack of flashiness in my presentation didn't hold anybody back from understanding how it would work on set and um i think it was uh i mean a it was incredibly uh i i feel incredibly fortunate that i
0: got to learn so much from
3: uh our directors on that
0: So tell me a little bit about the planning to uh, because obviously, Carlton, you said uh, you don't have a city that's completely underwater. Thank God. Uh, Tell me a little bit about planning, designing this uh, this set with blue screens everywhere that you can have some very real camera work moving around in. But knowing that it's going to be need to be augmented extensively by CGI later on and how you guys were involved in that process as well.
1: I, you know, I think a lot of it started with, um, as Eric was referencing, images. You know, we had a lot of, there was a lot of photography of what took place during Katrina. And I think some of the most vivid imagery was were still still pictures. I mean, there was video, but a lot of the video was from um, helicopters flying over it. But there were people taking mm-hmm. pictures all over the place. And so we had, I think, for John Ridley and I, who, you know, directed the episodes that were the first five episodes when we were watching the hurricane and the um, and the city get flooded, the, the imagery that we had seen in certain pictures were kind of the jumping off point for, okay, this is what we need to, to duplicate. And one of the first things that we decided was like, you know, we need to, and a big part of the story was how do we get people out of the hospital? How do we get them rescued? And some of the people were rescued by helicopter and others were rescued by boat and These pictures of people pulling up to the side of this hospital at the top of an emergency ramp where they'd broken out windows and loading people into boats was something that was so vivid and so extraordinary. We knew we had to do that. And that wasn't going to be possible just with visual effects. And so Mm -hmm. the initial decision became, well, we're going to have to build a water tank. Well, we ended up building a 4 million gallon water tank that was a city block long. And then we constructed the uh, hospital facade on one side of the water tank, and then we constructed some um, buildings and things that are part of the very first shot of the first episode on the other side. And we put some other ancillary sets in this tank in various places and at various times to do other things. But this tank allowed us to do close-up water work. It gave us the reality. We craned boats, and their boats could literally drive um, a city block in this tank, and really gave us this sort of realism. And authenticity of, you know, water and a hospital that looked flooded, and then it was really these guys' job to then take that and match that with reference photographs and create a digital background um, that would make this um, close-up environment feel seamless with this larger environment, and and connect this closer environment to to really shots that showed all the way back to you know the distance, you know, the city, the city flooded. And, and so we had this tank and then we put these gigantic blue screens around the tank. Um, uh, it was, it was incredible endeavor uh, to, to accomplish that, but it, it really worked. I mean, and, and yeah. you know, like all these things, you know, you're doing it on a wing and a prayer and with the belief, but, you know, Eric and, and Matt and our whole uh, VFX team, you know, displayed a lot of confidence. I don't know if you were feeling internal confidence, but
0: <laughs> you guys were like,
1: yeah, this of course is going to work. And it, it did. And, uh, you know, I, I am really proud of it. I I feel like the, the VFX work is such a huge part of the show and really conveying the essence of it. And, you know, when you take a book, so Sherry Fink, this Jew, the journalist from the New York Times, wrote Five Days of Memorial. She won a Pulitzer Prize for her initial reporting that then she turned into this book. and. You know, you can convey, as she did, an incredible story in incredible depth in a book. But the one thing that I think we can do better as filmmakers is show things viscerally. And the idea of really conveying what it was like to be there in a flooded hospital with nothing but a giant expanse of water all around, trying to take patients out of this hospital, take them um, down seven flights of dark stairs because the power was out in the hospital take them through a hole in this um, wall of the hospital take them up six flights of a parking garage to a to a helipad that stood um, you know 85 feet above uh, you know the, the top of the parking garage up this, this sort of perilous vertiginous set of stairs. I mean that's something that you that you can convey on film in a way that you know I, I don't think you can do as well in a, nonfiction book. And the essence of getting that to all work was really creating a really authentic, believable environment. And that's what these guys did.
2: I think one of of the things, uh, to your point, Carlton, is the authenticity of it. And uh, just on a sort of a technical level and visual effects, what we did is we went down to the, uh, the neighborhoods that were around the hospital and also the lower ninth ward and scanned all the houses there. So in the 3D computer world, we actually owned that environment hmm. and, and we were able to uh, put the actual houses in their right locations. And, and that helped enormously just having the technology to be able to do that. Because it was a, a good blend of something real, and that and that's such a help in visual effects to have, like the the water tank and have real water that we can then take and extend out. Uh, it's it makes it so much uh, easier because you in the head you buy the real part, and then it really helps sell the rest of it, which is digital. So uh, there are a lot of different techniques that we use to to help. Uh, Have that environment there, and we spent a lot of time just studying what that was like in 2005 versus what it's like in in 2021. So that we had some
0: very useful tools to help us with that. Now I know water is notoriously difficult to work with. Uh, So tell me a little bit about some of the conversations you had uh, with Carlton and with the vendor in terms of the look and feel of how you're going to do the water who did you go to for water simulations, things like that? Pat, you want to take that?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. We
0: with worked Stormborn? With a,
3: yeah. With Stormborn, yeah. We worked with a pretty, um, a relatively new company called Stormborn in Vancouver, Canada. And they, um, there are a couple old, very experienced um, uh, visual effects artists, specifically with water. And uh, the the simulations were, you know, I think we worked on it for Eric, you'd know better than me, but probably six, six months of, of just mm-hmm. the simulation for the main right. um, destruction sequence of the levees breaking. So um, it's it's really just a, you know, b- the to get the believability, we just, you, you have to, uh, it, it's just a uh, pragmatic problem for the computers to have to crunch that much information and to uh, get that much resolution into the water. And uh, I think our goal overall was to, have all that be hidden behind the scenes so that nobody thought about the fact that there was a lot of work and a lot of effort put into it uh, and a lot of time because um, the minute you're noticing how good the visual effects are, you're not thinking about the story and that's really what we're there to serve. So um, hopefully it was just you were along for the ride and um, Eric, maybe you can speak about the first conversations you had with Carlton about that move in general.
2: Sure. The, we're talking about the shot where the levees break and the, and the water goes and floods and destroys the Lower Ninth Ward. And one thing that I thought was really brilliant and a great uh, idea, and this is from Carlton, is to initially have that shot look like you're in a helicopter looking at a disaster in front of you. But then as you got closer to it and the levees broke, it's as if you got swept up in it and then the helicopter and the view went down lower and was actually in the flow of the water and in a dangerous situation because they you are riding into, uh, the destruction. And so, uh, one thing that, uh, is really interesting about visual effects is that you have to have an emotional content, uh, with every shot, obviously, but sometimes, uh, Especially working in computers and, and work that is very technical, it gets very uh, cold or it looks very beautiful, but it doesn't have that emotional feel. And I think that shot especially has a, a very unique twist to it because you, you understand the expanse of what happened and then you get dragged into it and then you are part of the story at that point. And that yes. was a terrifying
1: sequence. And that was my intention was was kind of exactly that to take you from objective to subjective. And in some in a way, the shot was meant to be metaphorical. It was kind of like, OK, we sort of know about what happened during Katrina from this sort of 30,000 foot level. But what happens when you actually get pulled deep into that story? And that was kind of what the shot was meant to do. And one of the other things that was really important to me was I wanted to, you know, one of the things was, yes, there was a lot of photo documentation of certain things that happened and there was video documentation, which was of course at a much lower res level in 2005. And also, um, you know, it was kind of limited, as I said, it was from helicopters and, and there wasn't, there weren't like a lot of video crews on the ground. And there were a lot of incredible things that happened during Katrina that there was no documentation of. And so the, the levees breaking, I mean, nobody had photo documentation of that. So one of the things that we wanted to do was, I was like, let's let's show the audience some of these things that happened that were really profound during Katrina that they haven't actually seen. That they, I mean they did occur, but we haven't seen them visually. So um the most important one was the the levees breaking. And this shot was an incredible shot, and you know, certainly the best shot that I've ever done in my career, <laughs> and the amount of time and effort that went into it to get it to a level of Kind of realism and sort of visceral emotion, and I think that's you know it's what Eric was saying is exactly right. I mean, I think it's 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 one thing to make a visual effect shot; it's an entire it's it's an entire different thing altogether to make one that makes you feel something emotionally. You know, where you're not just looking at it for its grandeur or a scope, but to actually, you know, you're feeling something as you're actually watching that shot. And I I I think we really achieved our goal that you really are feeling the visceral danger and foreboding of what's to come as that levee breaks and the houses are pushed off their moorings and we're, you know, kind of following this wall of water. And there's kind of an inevitability to that that's so central to the story that we were trying to tell. Um, But, you know, we had all these other shots that we were really interested in doing, like this we had this the superdome is this iconic image in new orleans and one of the iconic images of post katrina is seeing the superdome with the roof ripped off it but there was no footage of the roof actually getting ripped off it so these guys did an incredible job of (coughs) going back looking at all the references and actually figuring out how the roof did get ripped off and in in what form and then actually replicating that and putting that in the show um you know, there's a lot of sort of bird's eye view of Katrina, which again, wasn't stuff that was shot. I mean, there, there are pictures of Katrina, but a lot of them are sort of from doorways looking out at like a tiny little segment of stuff blowing by, but to, to kind of show some of the big wide shots sort of kind of come down through the storm clouds and, you know, into the sort of kind of chaos and sort of visceral danger of that storm were things that didn't exist, but it felt like they were really important to give the audience a sense of um, context for the emotional story in the hospital. Like these were the events. This was the series of things that put our characters in these, the position of having to make really difficult decisions.
0: Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. You mentioned that. I was going to specifically ask about that shot where we, we start in the sky and we plunge through the eye of the storm clouds of the hurricane. Tell me a little bit about uh, that simulation, that storm simulation there, because that's a great moment.
3: Yeah, well, we started off with, um, uh, it was done by UPP, first of all, and Victor and his team over there are just really uh, fantastic at all visual effects. But um, this one started off with photography and it was something that I think I roughed up, roughly mocked up very early on, uh, Carlton, with you and Eric just trying to get, the idea down because um, obviously cameras can't travel that fast and you know you don't want to make anybody feel sick and all those types of things so uh, we uh, we got something that we felt you know or, or and you don't want to end up with a super long shot that that doesn't tell a story or doesn't get information enough so we kind of walked that uh, line a few times between and and discussed uh, showed versions and uh, eventually s- sent it over to uh, the rough mock-up over to UPP and Eric, why don't you take it from there?
2: And then that was an interesting shot because, uh, as, as Matt mentions, you have to take some artistic license to this because you could never get from that far away, which is, I don't know, hundreds of miles away, and then get through the cloud and then get down to the hospital without it taking, you know, a long time. So uh, we cheated a lot of that. But I think we got a good balance of that because the idea was to see how big this this expansive hurricane was, and then very quickly go through the cloud, feel the, the, uh, the violence of it, feel the, the rain and the wind happening as you get closer and closer, and then establish that now we're talking about the hospital. And at the end, sort of showing the hospital
0: as a vulnerable island, really in the middle of this, uh, chaos. You know, there's one really great shot we haven't talked about yet that, uh, is just haunted me and it it's this shot we see a couple times in the outside of the walkway connecting the the two sections of the hospital and obviously we follow Vera Farmiga as she has to go through it as it's like exploding around her so tell me about that walkway those exterior shots and then also when the walkway is almost destroyed ultimately
1: yeah I mean it was it was true that the hospital um, was linked to another wing via this, um, this walkway. And it was also something that um, was imperiled during the hurricane. And so again, it was in order to make that work, we had to use a combination of practical and visual effects. So we built that walkway on stage and we built it um, in such a way that we could, uh, you know, really move it and shake it around. Uh, and so the first level of work on that was practical. It was basically trying to, you know, shake the shake the walkway. You know, there were and there were items in the walkway like the um, the, the blinds that really would kind of help um, dramatize the shaking of what was going on. And we had ritter fans and we had rain, and that was all done practically on stage. But then these guys then took it to the next level. And, and why don't you guys talk about what else went into making those shots?
2: I think a big part of it is the bl- are the blinds and blinds and mm-hmm. it moving back and forth. But the, the blinds sort of accent the wind that's happening and the, the glass would break and then this giant uh, wind would come in. Wind is hard to see because you have to have something in the wind to to make it appear. So we had atmosphere and we had rain and and that helped to get the sense of the speed of of which uh, the the wind was coming in and the blinds sort of helped that. So we took what was on the set and there was some blinds moving and then we overlaid that with a, a computer simulation of it as well. And so then we had other blinds that we could take further than we could get on the set and put that all together and it was really uh, a, i think a very powerful shot or sequence of events because you see that are you going to go over that you know from uh, from where you are in relative safety but in great danger to something you have to get to the next uh stage are you going to do that so that was a real challenge uh for the actors but also just uh for visual effects to to show that, and then we had outside shots of it as well that were done by El Rincito in Spain, and they did a terrific job. I think on on the show, uh, on all the all the shots that they did, but we tied in the exterior of the of that bridge moving like this uh, to the inside, which really made it gave it a good context. So we knew where all this uh, existed.
1: Yeah, including VFX cars on the street, which mm. I think gave it this kind of realism. It felt like, oh, no, that has to actually be a plate that was enhanced, but no, that was actually all VFX.
0: Really? Wow. Uh, Matt, do you have anything to add to that sequence? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the um,
3: a lot of that was because of the research we did early on. The decision was to go down and get uh, get. Uh, scans of the hospital and scans of the area and I think that's what helped the verisimilitude of the VFX overall was that so much of it was grounded in reality and uh, in, in trying to be true to the story I think we ended up succeeding in the visual effects uh, kind of as a secondary uh, nice ancillary benefit.
0: Now, we've obviously talked a lot about the storm, and honestly, I could talk with you guys about that all day. But, uh, you know, a lot of the especially the latter half of the series involves sequences up on top of that rickety platform we talked about earlier. Um, so I would love to know a little bit more about the practical platform set. I assume it was huge and there's a lot of blue screen and then some of the sequences involving helicopter rescues on top of that platform. So let's uh, let's start with Carlton and then kind of go from there.
1: Well, we spent a lot of time looking at locations and we were actually thinking about trying to build a helipad on top of a parking garage somewhere in Toronto and then just um, with visual effects change the external environment, but we couldn't find a location that felt right to us. And so we um, ended up deciding to build the helipad in a field way outside of um toronto way to the west and um a place called Flomsboro, in a, in a really a giant grass field next to a, a racetrack um, yeah. where we had enough clearance to stay out of the surrounding trees and then we built the we built that um we built the helipad at a height of 10 feet, which had a lot to do with sort of just the safety factor of people working on the helipad. Um, and then, as you suggested, we then surrounded it with blue screen and the stairway became this, was a completely separate element. So then we built this sort of stairway to nowhere that, were, that was, uh, <laughs> we had we had connective elements on the um, helipad set, um, but then we had... You know, we had sort of, and we had a little piece on a parking garage, and then we also had a stairway to nowhere that was just sitting out on the grass next to the um, helipad set. And then we flew in real helicopters. We were, I don't know, we might have been the first production in Canada to have a Black Hawk helicopter come in, came in from Tennessee, which was not only, um, you know, difficult just in terms of getting that type of helicopter across the border, but it was also during covid and then we most importantly had the US Coast Guard come up from the United States to participate. And we had to get them permission to come into Canada. But the, the Coast Guard really moved, you know, mountains in order to get that done because as their as their guys said, it would be criminal really to have a show about Hurricane Katrina that didn't include the US Coast Guard because mm-hmm. they performed such incredible. Um, duty during that storm they rescued so many people and they were such a vital part of the uh, entire rescue operation and and in fact one of the guys on our coast guard helicopter was the son of a coast guard um person who served and rescued people during katrina so that was really cathartic and so those guys came in and so we flew helicopters on and off our um our 10 foot tall pad. And then these guys, um, again, through their VFX magic made it look as perilous as we, we, we really needed to duplicate how perilous that thing was. And, you know, it was, it, it gets mentioned early in the show that they're not even sure if a helicopter can land safely on it. It was these narrow set of pipes and hadn't been used in 18 years. And, you know, the, the idea of taking patients up this really, treacherous set of stairs, the top of it had to really feel dangerous. And, you know, so then it really became a job of t- how do we take all these elements, combine them, stitch them together, make them look um, organic. And um, it was a, really an incredible feat because I think when you watch it, you, you can't imagine that it's really the combination of, you know, th- three or four different locations um, and different elements all stitched together in VFX with, Um, you know, to, to kind of create a seamless experience of what that journey was like.
0: Yeah. Honestly, extraordinary work. Uh, I would never have imagined the staircase was separate. So that in itself is very impressive. I wish we could unpack this all day guys, but I think we're out of time. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your wonderful work in this show. I'm so impressed and I can't wait for more and more people to see it and see the monumental achievement that you guys have put on the small screen of this. So thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Great to see you. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. you.
1: Bye-bye.